0: Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit boattrader.com to get started. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA. We make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com.
1: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to JigMasters.com and use promo code PNF20
2: and save 20% off your next jig order today.
3: Welcome to the Bass Kayak and be a segment of the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your host Armando Solan and on this segment we kick back with a special guest and talk about life, kayak fishing, and the pursuit of big bass. So get your cold brews on and enjoy the show. Welcome once again to the Bass, Kayak and Beer's uh, podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Very excited to bring you today's guest. Before we started, I always like to thank Douglas Rods for sponsoring our show. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com uh, to check out their full lineup of rods, both spinning and baitcasting rods, some of the best rods in the business. Once again, douglasoutdoors.com. Well, thank you, Mr. Bobby Morin, who's my special guest for today, for joining our show. Mr. Morin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, sir. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, Mr. Morin, before we, uh, well, to get started, actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you, you know, other than kayak fishing, uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory and then eventually how you got to kayak fishing and all that.
1: Okay. Okay. My name's Bobby Morin, I'm 54. Uh, I was born in uh, Columbus, Georgia, raised over in Smith Station, Alabama. So I spent the majority of my life living in the country, Uh, uh, enjoy living in the country. I've been fishing basically all my life, uh, back up until uh, 2007. In 2007, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, so I come off the road. I was actually fishing with the uh, Bassmaster as a co-angler. So I come off the road, and for a year we went through—I uh, think nine different surgeries, no. uh, six months of chemo. Uh, so yeah, I keep my head. My head's been <laughs> like this since my head's been like this since 2007 uh, because of what my wife went through. Uh, I think one of the hardest things as a husband is. Uh, when my wife's hair fell out and she was standing there crying uncontrollably and it's a pain you can't take away. It's not a pain you can fix. Uh, so when she lost all of her hair, I shaved my head then and I've kept it that way basically since 2007. Uh, I got out of bass fishing altogether at that point. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of fishing up until... February of this year, and uh, I heard the Derek Bundle story on the uh, Scott Butcher weigh-in show, and it really, it really touched my heart, and it, it, it really hit home with me. So after that show was over, I, I found Derek on uh, Facebook, and me and Derek probably talked over the course of a week, Uh, and he told me every, every question I asked, uh, he either gave me the answer or got me the answer. And then after that, uh, in February, I bought my first kayak and I got into kayak fishing and I got back into bass fishing and I've been going wide open ever since then.
3: Nice.
1: Uh, uh, also, uh, I'm a father of three, uh, a little bit on that. I've got two stepsons, uh, Christopher and Cody. Uh, Christopher is now a deputy sheriff up in White County, Georgia, where I started out at, and uh, I ended up transferring down to Harris County, Georgia, and finished out my uh, law enforcement in Harris County, Georgia. Uh, My youngest son is uh, 25, and after his tour in the Army, he is now a full-time student uh, in in college, uh, getting into the medical field, and... March, March of last year, I actually found out through Facebook Messenger, I got a message through Facebook, through the Messenger app. Uh, A young lady contacted me out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and stated that she had had a DNA test done. She had tracked down her biological mother, which is somebody I used to date back in 85, 86 and i actually took a dna test as well so i found out in march that i had a 32 year old daughter oh wow so now i have a third child and uh the the thing that really got me is she is still the mother is still real good friends with my sister and never told anybody oh wow so i had no idea that yeah, so I found out that I'm a a, a dad of a 32 year old, and we are working on building that relationship as we speak.
3: Oh, wow, that is, uh, yeah, that's yeah to say that's awkward. It's a understatement, definitely. Um, did you keep in con Have you kept in contact with um, your daughter's uh, uh, mother? I mean, what was no. that conversation? <laughs> no, never no, got I a actually, chance to see why.
1: She, she, well, she's she's still friends with my sister today, and my she never told my sister about it. So we lost contact uh, not long after we broke up. I moved to Florida, and I'd not spoke to her since. Uh, And I'm not sure where she lives out now. But when I found all this out, I tried. I found her on Facebook, and I sent her a private message to to try to find out what what was going on because this kind of floored me and caught me off guard. I thought yeah. somebody <laughs> just trying to spam me through Facebook and uh, she she never did reply, no no nothing. Nope, sorry. I mean it's it's it, it is what it is and I've told uh I've told Christie I said, "You know what? I said, "We may not have got to see what the first half of the book brought, but we will definitely know what the second half of this book's going to be about." So she,
3: she was adopted shortly after birth, I'm assuming
1: as oh, okay. as soon as she was born uh she was she was adopted and taken with the adopted family straight from the hospital oh wow uh the, the her mom and dad were uh the dad was in the military stationed at port benny wow
3: that is uh that is very interesting i did not expect to hear that story to be honest with <laughs> you wow well, a lot of material. <laughs> wow so let me ask you this uh i'm getting a little sidetracked here like i said i wasn't expecting that part uh we were talking about the pre-recording so but i wanted to touch on something um that you mentioned uh you heard derrick bronto's story on the scott futures weigh-in uh for those that haven't heard that episode or not familiar with Derek Bronto, derrick Brunell is one of the best um, kayak fishing uh, anglers in the tournament scene right now um Actually, congratulations to him. He just won uh, the uh, the team event um, in the KBBT that uh, took place, I think, this past weekend. So, congratulations, Derek Brundle and Mr. Uh, I forgot his, how to spell his last name. Con- 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 yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Matthew. Con- <laughs> so, congratulations to the A team. That's what they called them. So, what about uh, Derek Brundle's interview with Scott Butcher? Um, really hit home
1: with you? Uh just just the, the the trials you go through dealing with cancer. Uh I mean it's 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 not easy. Uh for me as a husband, uh and with my wife going through all the pain and all the surgeries and the chemo, I mean her pain level, I mean I, I at, at our house at the time, I took the bedroom and actually turned it into what we we initially started calling the bat cave. I mean, because there was zero light in there. Uh, The only light that was in that room was from the TV. Uh, Because once the chemo was done, I would take her home after chemo. For the next 10 days, I had to take her out, and she had to go back, and she had to get a shot every single day for 10 days. Then she would have a one-week break, and then we started the process over again. So uh, it's a horrible feeling knowing that somebody that you care for that much it's going through that kind of pain and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it, it broke my heart that, that I couldn't take that pain away. I would have took it from her and dealt with it in myself, but you can't, I mean, it's, it, and all you can do is try to live through it with her to let her know it's, you know, it's going to be all right. We're going to get through this, this will pass. And, uh, I think we're that from 07. So we're what 13, 4, almost 14 years into it now. And she is now cancer free.
3: Very good, very good. If you don't mind, and I know, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to add something else, Mister Moore?
1: Yeah, I was going to say. So, so Derek telling his story of uh, of everything he went through—that's what hit home with me. Mm -hmm. But I had to deal from it from the spouse's side. Yeah, Uh, and 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 it's hard. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't go through it, but I went through it through her. Yeah, uh, and tried to 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 do my best as a husband to be there for everything that she went through. I mean, I, I, come off the road for a year. I mean, I stayed at home. I, I, we didn't, we didn't work. Uh, we didn't do anything. I mean, we, we went through that together and, uh, she's, uh, like I say, she's cancer free now. And, uh, back then we were self-employed. Uh, we had no health insurance and every three weeks it cost us $7,500 that we had to pay out. outside. So I, everything we had saved up was gone i mean it was wiped out we was over a hundred thousand dollars into it by the time all was said and done and uh it, for people who don't think that you need health insurance yeah i'm gonna tell you when we left florida shortly after her chemo was done and she had uh recovered enough uh we packed up and left florida we had lost everything to our name we left Florida with what we could stack in a U-Haul. We had no cars left. We had a, no house left. I mean, so we lost everything, but you know, we're recovering. We're, we're getting those things back. It's a long road, but I wouldn't trade what I had then to not have my wife with me today.
3: Yeah, of course. If you don't mind talking a little bit about it, and I know that it must be hard for you, and may still have some open wounds there, but emotionally, how hard was it for you, both, you know, and the stress of the fin- of the finances, the thought, you know, fighting those thoughts of maybe she's not going to make it, and thankfully she did, but at that time, you know, with so much uncertainty going on, how h- hard was it for you emotionally, and what what helped you overcome the emotional stress that it was pouring not just on you but on your marriage
1: uh stress i and and my wife would tell you this uh i I don't get stressed nothing stresses me out and and i learned that in law enforcement uh i don't get stressed out i'm a firm believer and we have a sign now that that actually at the house that says it is what it is i mean if, if we can't pay a bill you know we can't pay a bill back then we didn't pay a whole lot of anything, but for her to to get through what she went through. So, for me, I am uh, very positive. Uh, I kept her positive that we would get through that, and she has to take those clues from me as a husband. that, You know, we're going to make it through this because if I'm negative, that's going to make her even more negative than what she already was. So, I've got a very positive outlook on life. I take I take one day at the time. Because uh, when it's time to go home, it's time to go home and you don't have any control over that. Uh, so I i live. I live life to the fullest every single day. Uh, I, I heard a saying last night uh, in a movie I was watching. Uh, for someone to say they have no regrets in life. Means they're fooling themselves that they have no regrets in life. Regrets are mistakes. You don't yep. learn from life. If you don't make mistakes. That's a very good point. So uh, we we pushed through it. We pushed through it together. There was times I would go out for a ride uh, in the truck, uh, in the car while we still had those, and I would cry. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's 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 okay to cry. And yeah. especially with the pain that we're dealing with that we was going through, knowing that we were pretty much in the process of being financially ruined. Which ended up happening, but we made it through it. We're out on the other side now. We're starting to shine again. Uh, it, it's a long road, but we're here. And I think Derek Brunner would tell you the same thing. Those are some dark times that you go through,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you have to you have to know that there's a there's a light on the other end of that tunnel, and we we got to it. So we're back out on the other side again, and we're loving life.
3: How, how has that experience changed your perspective of, of life, you know, previous to this, how you saw life previous to this and how you see it now? Has anything changed as far as you learned that learning experience going through all the hardships and, you know, the emotional stress that you went through?
0: At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history.
1: I was raised, uh, the life is what you make of it. Life is uh, life is not gonna come knock on the door and say, here, look at all this stuff I've got for you. All you gotta do is take it from it. You, you want something out of life. You gotta go get it. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 don't, it, it don't knock on the door. The lottery machine don't come knocking on the door. And say, here's the six numbers. Uh, all you gotta do is play them and you're gonna win. Uh, so I've always had a positive outlook on life. Uh, that's the way I was brought up. I'm a happy person. I, my personality, I've got an outgoing personality, and I enjoy life. I very rarely get upset about anything because to me, it's 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 not worth getting upset over. It takes a whole lot more energy to be upset than it does to be happy. That's so really I'm a true. Happy person, yeah. <laughs> my wife will tell you right quick. I can wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm jumping out of the bed doing jumping jacks, and I'm ready to get my day started. I feel like I'm wasting time with just laying in bed sleeping. So uh, I'm an outgoing person. I like to stay busy. I like to do things. But I have my lazy side like everybody else does. There's times I just want to lay around, watch a little TV, uh, play a video game or something like that, and just, just relax. But, uh, yeah, we went up against Derek Brundle and and, and Matthew Conant in the, the, the final on the team championship. And I will tell you, if you have not fished in that caliber of a tournament even though it's a bracket tournament 24 hours every weekend and that's not including pre-fishing i mean that's a that is a grind especially in florida when it's 112 degrees with the heat index with a, a an 80 percent humidity outside yeah. so i mean this uh, what she went through has made me a, a stronger husband uh she knows that no matter what, I'm always going to be there beside her. I won't ever stand behind my wife, but I will always stand beside my wife.
3: That's very good. And I, I obviously, when situations like you've gone through, and obviously you were in law enforcement for so many years, I'm sure you have uh, your fair share of uh, encounters with, uh, with you know, with some situations that uh, you know put your life in danger. And obviously, when we look at Fishing and kayak fishing is not the most important thing in life, but yet it is something that uh, for us that we love the sport, we have a passion for it, uh, plays a part in our life, you know. And for some of us, it helps with the, you know, kind of like the everyday struggles, you know, just having that time to be on the water and kind of disconnect and all that. Now, you started your 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 career uh, as a pro angler or co-angler in the, uh, what is it that F? FLW you, you have mentioned no, before? Bassmasters. Bassmasters, yes, correct. I apologize. So how did fishing kind of like how did that play in, in your life? You know, when you can when you went through all the stuff that you did that that uh, the before you when you started fishing to now where you're now kayak fishing, you went from a boat fisherman to a kayak fisherman, and in between you went through all this. How does fishing relate to you in that aspect of, does it help you go or, you know, give you a better perspective on life, just being able to be in the water and kind of like, you know, deal with everything that you've dealt before?
1: Yeah, it gives, uh, now, from from then to now, what it gives me now is I am one-on-one with the fish. I'm not worried about, I don't have a co-angler to worry about. I don't have anything... It gives me time to escape, to gather my thoughts. Uh, it, it helps me put things in perspective. Uh, I mean, cause I mean, w- with COVID going on right now, I mean, we, we, we've been unemployed now since me and my wife, cause we run the same place we've been un- unemployed now since March 21st. I don't know how many people know about Florida's unemployment, but $275 a week don't go very far. Oh, so, we've, been, far we've been going. <laughs> We've been going through those trials uh, again, but you know what? Getting out to be able to go fishing, it gives me that escape to put life in perspective. Uh, I'm all about, I like things, I like to know where things are at. I like to look outside of the box. I'm not the one, I'm not the guy that looks inside the box and that's all I see. I like to look at all angles, so I like to look outside the box. So that's what kayak fishing does for me now. It gives me time to get out. I get to get out back out to doing what I've done growing up, which is fishing. I get to fish when I go out. I enjoy myself when I go out. By the time I usually come back in, my mind is clear. I'm ready to go. Uh, and we we deal with life as, as it comes. Uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, since October of last year, I've lost three or four people in my family already,
3: and two of them was my family Father. Mr. Moore. Hello. Um, Mr. Moore. Life live close, curves? Can you hear me? No, I got lost when you said uh, you've lost. Uh, I think you. I think you said three or four members of your family. So I got caught off over there.
1: Um, yeah, I got some. It's showing poor connection. Let me move around a little bit so I can get into a better connection oh oh there we go now we're back okay i say yes okay getting out of kayak fishing it allows me to get out and escape uh if you want to say reality for a little bit mm-hmm. but what it allows me to do is it lets me to put that reality back into perspective and then go right back out and i'm I, and i'm good to go that's what fishing does for me i mean i i grew up in a in a, in an era where I'd go out with my grand, my my grandfather or my pawpaw or my dad or my aunts and uncles, and we'd go out and sit on a bank and just fish. And we would talk about everything from under the sun to under the moonlight. Uh, to me, social media is, uh, I grew up in true social media, uh, where you actually sat down and you physically talked to people. Yeah, and things and, and things are different now. I mean, we're in a high tech world, and you you got to grow with it. But uh, one of the things that I'm a firm believer in is, uh, if we don't get the youth out now, uh, fishing and the outdoors are going to be lost in in a few generations.
3: I, yeah, definitely.
1: So that's that, I mean that's that's what that's
3: what kayak fishing
1: does for me now. It, it lets me kind of escape reality for a little bit and put reality back in perspective to, to continue marching forward.
3: Definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where I encourage, you know, uh, younger generations It's something that it's, it's special. And, uh, like you mentioned, as, um, technology moves forward and social media and the ability to communicate with other people, uh, makes the world smaller, but at the same time, um, kind of, I don't know how to explain it, kind of makes the world smaller, but then makes it more distant. In the sense that yes, you can connect to somebody, previous generations want to be able to connect somebody across the world and have a connection where you can see each other and talk to each other. And that aspect makes the world smaller. But another aspect also disconnects you from the world around you that's accessible just because we're looking at it through kind of what we are right now, through through a, a, a computer, through a phone, you know, so we, I see you right now where you're in Georgia and I'm in Texas, but, and again, this is just uh, an example, but I miss what's in front of me. And I think that's what technology is where you need to keep it balance. Yes. If you have the aspect of, you know, I like, able to share knowledge, um, when it comes to kayak fishing, you're able to talk to great anglers, just like yourself, where before, you know, 20 years apart, maybe just a phone call and maybe we can be pen pals by mail, but we <laughs> wouldn't be able to look at each other and talk to each other. But at the same time, we have to keep that balance where you still want to enjoy the outdoors. And I think a lot of it is very important um, to pass that wisdom on to younger generations so they don't miss what's around them. Because going out there on the lake on your kayak, it's, it's again, it's just a, such a peaceful... Um, way to share nature, especially if you go out early in the morning, you know, you get to see the wildlife, you get to be with your thoughts, um, and you get to kind of like cleanse yourself sometimes of all the negativity, and we have a lot of it right now in in our country and around the world, Um, and also in personal life, you know, struggling uh, with personal things, just like you mentioned, your wife uh, being sick for such a long time, I'm sure that still most people still have some emotional scars or stress that even if she's thankfully she survived and she's well now, but still, you know, you may have some, um, it changes your life, uh, personally, even yes. if you don't didn't go through it, but watching your loved one, the, pe- the person that you love the most going through that, it definitely still has some emotional scars Where that's The end of the day, you can make it, you can make it. How should I say this? you can use that emotional scars to make you a better person instead of not just, you know, waddling in in, in self-pityness or, you know, or letting it get you get down, which obviously you haven't, makes you a better person from what I understand. And when you incorporate that into outdoors activities, it's, you know, it's a two-way street. It's something that helps one, you know, one hand watches the other. You can be on the water and be stress-free because you live lives. You don't have to worry so much about catching a fish. Because at the end of the day, catching a fish to you, even if it's on a tournament, is not that big a deal compared to what you've gone through. So that puts it in perspective. And then at the same time, just being out there in nature kind of helps you get away from some of the emotional stress that any person, every person goes through in life. So it's kind one of one hand washes the other in that aspect. Absolutely. So what got you into kayak fishing Mr. Morgan because you obviously went on being a co-angler competing now into kayak fishing was it something well you know uh you know when you went through a financial uh situation where now you can't afford anything because you lost everything so it was like well I'll do kayak fishing um or was it more uh, that bl- you just uh, fell like in love say, with the sport
1: I uh, believe it or not like I say I, I I it was after me and Derek spoke and uh Derek told me, he said, You know what? He said, If you like the bass fish, he said, Buy you a kayak, get out and give it a try and, and see what you think. And I did, uh, was it now six months ago? And I fell in love with it. And uh, that's that's about what all I do is live and breathe kayak fishing at this point. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for a boat anymore. Uh, the expense that goes along with a boat, uh, I, I like the i throw that line out. That line hits the water. I'm sitting there feeling holding that rod in my hand and just waiting to feel the peck on the other end of that line. And, and, uh, that you can't replace that feeling. Uh, when you, when you hook into a, a giant fish, uh, you, you can't replace that feeling. I think, I think the only thing that will replace that feeling, uh, from an aspect at this point would be your, 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 your child being born because <laughs> when you hook into a giant fish, I mean, it, uh, you can't, like I, said, I don't know how to explain it. You just, you can't replace it. Yeah. Uh, and every time you go through it and you hook into another giant f- fish, uh, same thing, you can't replace that feeling. That feeling is right then. Uh, you're living that moment right now. And, uh, until you get the next one, yeah, it's just, it's cast and repeat. And you've, been- and I enjoy
3: Yes, I bet you do. And you have your fair share of honking uh, into giants. I was looking at Tony X previously uh, when they had the opportunity to interview you earlier today. I was like, let me do a little bit of research on Bobby Moore. And that was kind of impressive. You, you've you caught uh, quite a few 25 inches, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, if I've if I read that right, on your Tony yes. X history. That is impressive. A lot of us. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say that a lot of us don't live to catch a 25 inch. Most people don't. But you've caught not just one. You caught a few of them by now. So that definitely. Uh, how does that feel? You know, knowing that you caught you catch fish that most of us spend a lifetime and not catch.
1: I I have always told people, and I'll tell you, since I've gotten into the kayak comu- community. I have made so many friends that are going to be lifelong friends at this point. Yes. Uh, you had Marcus Coates on uh, the other night.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, me and
1: talk just about on a daily basis at this point. Me and Derek probably talk a couple, two or three times during the week. Uh, uh, during that championship final round, we were on the phone that morning on the drive to the lake for probably an hour. And then we probably got on the phone a little later on that morning, we got a conference call and there was four or five of us on the phone talking while we're fishing. So uh, that's what I love about the kayak community. Uh, yes. But I've always told these guys, I you ever want to come down to, you want to come to Florida? I said, I'll take you out where I fish and you can catch that fish of a lifetime. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I, I I believe in sharing what I've learned in my last six months with anybody who wants to learn. Uh, And've I've learned a lot and uh, and, uh, and again and I've told Derek uh, uh, how much and how humbling it is that he took time out of his day uh, to share share his knowledge with me and and he said the only thing I ever ask is you to pay it forward and I do my best to do that.
3: That's very good. That's very good. How, it, how how's the learning curve going from fishing out of a boat or bank to fishing out of kayak for you personally?
1: You have to learn how to slow down. You have to slow way down uh, uh, because the fact of a kayak, you you don't have all that insulation like a big boat does to where you can bump around on top. You make a lot of noise on that kayak, and every fish (laughs) on the jar seems to know it, and they leave. So you have to learn how to – you have to learn to be stealthy. You have to slow your fishing down because you don't don't have the ability to cover the same kind of water Mm -hmm. that a big boat does. So uh, that that's the one thing it did, it did teach me because I used to be a power fisherman, uh, and in, in, in the boats, uh, I used to fish fast feed worms, uh, crank baits. I mean, you name it. I mean, it was it was fish and go, fish and go, fish and go. And now I get to a spot and I will wear it out, especially if I get on a fish. Yeah. Uh, I had a Sunday that I fished with one of the KBBT uh, bracket rounds. Uh. I put up 110 inches in five fish in uh, under four hours, and I probably caught all the fish. Act, and that was that was including calling out fish as well. I probably caught them inside of a 50 yard square. Uh, all those fish come off that in that same that little same spot of water.
0: Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal
3: Where where exactly in uh Florida do you fish out
1: of, Bobby? I I, I live in Palm Bay, Florida, and I actually fish out of the Felsmere area. Uh, mm-hmm. there's probably about six lakes or so that are inside of probably a eight or about an eight or ten mile radius, and I, I fish in, in inside of those those lakes. Uh my main lake I fish is Keenansville. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a 25, 2500 acre lake. Uh, average depth is probably three feet.
3: Wow! What's the deepest part? How deep is the deepest part of that lake? If you don't, know?
1: uh, if you if you get into the main canals, they got uh, canals that run down the. Uh, let's see the north side, the east side, and a little down on the south side, and those will average
3: about six feet. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how deep it is. Wow, that's very shallow. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that is definitely. And then, and, and and then you got the.
1: Uh, yeah, well, when you the, the grass is growing right now because of summertime, the grass is growing. It's uh, uh, you got to find those those spots where you can get out of that grass, get in that little bit of clean water, and if you get on one big fish, uh, again slow down and, and fish that air because they school up a lot down there. Uh, so. Uh, usually, uh, uh, let's see. Right after I've done that, 110 inches. To give you an example, I went out two days later and put up 106 and a half inches. So that's that's one thing I learned because when I first started it, uh, I got a buddy of mine, Sherman Bishop, that uh, fishes in Florida as well, and mm-hmm. uh, he's a he's a giant he's a giant slayer as well. He he catches some big fish. I used to go out and fish with him, and. Uh, he'd get in one air and he'd sit there for four or five hours fishing in that one little area. And i had been, I've done made circles around. Him and he, he told me, he said, Bobby, he says, you got to slow down. He says in that kayak with all the noise that echoes out of that kayak, he says every bump, um, uh, every, every tap of the, the paddle on the kayak. He said, he said, just echoes to it. You're not going to catch anything. He says, you got to learn to slow down. He says, you're not in a big boat anymore. <laughs> no. So I've slowed, I've slowed way down with a little bit of guidance from him. Uh, And it has made a huge difference in my fishing.
3: Yeah, that's a very good point. Because a lot of time, uh, we don't realize how much uh, noise we can make, how much is going to affect the fish. Uh, Forget about that. And that's a very good point. I think that's one of the most, if not the most underrated um, aspect about, aspect of what I'm looking for, one of the most underrated, I think, uh, talking points, whatever you want to call it, about kayak fishing. A lot of people will talk about uh, pressure, water temperature, spawning, uh, -spawning, pre-spawning, post-spawning, do this, do that, baits, blah, blah, blah. And that's all great information, but I think not a lot of people talk about how stealthy you need to be on a kayak. And especially, I think that's the one thing that a new kayak angler always struggles with, especially if you never got, or if you're not used to being on a kayak until you got into kayak fishing. And by that, I mean people that usually do, like, maybe kayak trips before they even got into kayak fishing. You know, they they like to be on the—they um, have previous experience of, um, you know, navigating on a kayak, and that was their hobby, and all of a sudden they start doing kayak fishing. Maybe the learning curve is not uh, that big. But for somebody that has never or doesn't regularly get on a kayak or doesn't even own a kayak and all of a sudden— you start getting on a kayak just so you can go kayak fishing. That's the most I think the most important thing and the the aspect that's less talked about is that ability or that um, having that having that knowledge and um, getting familiar with your kayak to a point where you're stealthy uh, and make the less noise as possible, so you won't scare the fish. And I think that is overlooked way too much. And that I think that's the number one deterrent on. Uh, beginning anglers, um, when it comes to kayak fishing, that they haven't, that they, are overlooking and are not uh, honing their skills on being stealthy. Yes. Yeah, because on my kayak,
1: I got a, I got a trolling motor on mine, and usually once I get over to my fishing area, I've learned to pull that trolling motor out got get just one half of my paddle out, and I just kind of move myself around a little bit as long as the wind's not bad. Mm. But on Kingsville, uh I was out there Saturday, uh, and the wind was coming across the lake at 25 to 30 miles an hour. And even with a power pole and a trolling motor, it was almost impossible to sit in one spot. So it, it, days like that, that it, it makes it, it really makes it a lot harder to, to get on the big fish. The little fish don't seem to bother them with the noise, but the big fish know better. Yeah, they didn't get big for being dumb. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's good. That is very true. That is very true. So let me ask you this: Now you obviously, like you mentioned, you film uh, film. I'm sorry, you fish out of the uh, Fellsmere area, and I know, especially when it comes to the bracket uh, tournaments like KBBT, which you um, taking a part of this year. I know there's a lot of slack thrown on Florida anglers because they say, well, you know, it's Florida, of course, they're going to put up big numbers. Let's see them do that. In New York, or in uh, in in Michigan, or in Ohio, or some other place that's colder. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's warranted, or do you think that they're overlooking what a Florida angler has to go through?
1: Well, they they, to me they make it sound like because you live in Florida, you're automatic. All you got to do is uh, walk out to the bank, whistle a couple times, all the fish run up, jump into your your boat. You don't even have to launch it. uh, That you've got no skills. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I've listened to the debate on fishing online tournaments versus fishing live events. Well, as a, this being my rookie season, yeah, I can't go, I don't have the the money to where I can go out with the, a week of pre-fishing, say, on a Kentucky Lake to fish against the Russ Snyders, who is, that's, that's, that's his back, that's that's his home waters. Mm-hmm. And what gets me is they say, well, if you don't go fish a live event, then you're not a good angler. Man, well, uh, let's let's put it this way. So you're, and my argument is, so for me to be a good angler, I have to go to a lake I've never fished on to fish against somebody that is their home waters and they've been fishing for 20 plus years and I have to beat that person on that body of water for me to be a good angler. And I disagree with that because I don't care what body of water you're on, if the fish ain't biting, you ain't catching. And I don't care how good angler you are. Uh, I don't care how much you slow down, uh, how much you speed up, as far as your fishing technique goes. If the fish aren't biting, it does not. And, and, and KBBT, look at how many of the Florida anglers that have been taken out early. Uh, so I I disagree with them on the the aspect of you're only going to be a good angler if you go and fish against a Russ Snyder and or if you go fish against a cody milton on their home waters well you know what? what's the difference of them coming down here and fishing against me on my home waters
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh and in keenansville if if you don't know how to fit you're not gonna walk into keenansville and go put 100 110 inches up walking out launching your kayak and going out there and having to try to figure that lake out in one day not gonna happen uh has got a lot of grass in it and i'd probably say three quarters of that Lake is grass and it comes all the way up to the surface. So you can go out there, and pedal around and spend 90% of your day trying to find those those open spots where you can get in and catch fish. Uh, so I, I disagree that that, that they, they separate an angler who does online events uh, like a Conrad Benetti. Pull up his turnyx X and look at his look at his his, his, his stat. I mean, mm-hmm. Conrad is a phenomenal fisherman. Conrad has fished probably seven or eight, nine different bodies of water since he started fishing the KBBT. He's not fishing a, a honey hole. He's going, uh, when he gets into the final four, he, he may go over and, and try a whole new lake that he's never fished before. He is an outstanding fisherman, and you can't take that away from him. And their idea is, or their ideology would be, but you're not a good angler unless you're doing live events you know i've been to a couple of live events with with kbf which chad hoover has done a phenomenal job holding kbf together through through the covid uh crisis we're going through right now and, and and doing one of the super trail series and have 27 people on one day and and 17 people on the second day i mean you know it is what it is but now the guys i fishing is, i was fishing guys that was their home waters they know where to fish and, and and lake loudon up in uh uh tennessee right outside of Knoxville, that is a very very large body of water you can in a week's time you could not cover enough of that water pre-fishing uh to really do you any good to fish on that because mm-hmm. I, I and i'm pretty sure you've been this uh, and this, the, this before, as you go out and pre-fish, and you pre-fish Wednesday, you prefish Thursday, you pre-fish Friday, and you are on the, you are on the fish. You get out there in that same spot on Saturday morning, there ain't a no fish to be found. So if you you don't know the pattern of how the fish move around that lake uh, during each time of the year, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a it's a hard task to to, to pull off. Yep. So the one thing I really like about what Greg Nosar and Marcus Coates and uh, Todd Patrick's doing with KBBT is I can now fish against a Derek Brundle. Derek Brundle can fish on his home waters and has to fish against me on my home waters. We've we've leveled the playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not me going to Massachusetts and fishing against Derek Brundle on his home body of water that I've never even seen and probably don't have a whole lot of, lot of information that you can even research it online. So I think they've even the playing field out. Uh, now, then Florida's and Texas certain times of the year, I would agree. We definitely have an advantage. Uh, during our, our pre-spawn, our spawn and our post-spawn, absolutely we have an advantage. But now in the KBBT, uh, Derek bundle don't have to fish in Massachusetts, if you don't want to. If Derek Burnham wants to say, you know what, I'm gonna go down and, and, and fish with them on their, their own body of water, Derek can drive down here and fish. And and knowing knowing us, knowing me, yeah, you know, uh, I fished with uh two weeks for Brad Case, uh during the last KBBT. He came down to Florida and we got to fish for a couple weeks. And uh we 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 showed him around on the lake. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's me against the fish, it's not me against Derek. It's me against the fish. If I can find the fish and I can get the fish to the boat and I get the the, uh, the better numbers, then I won as a person against the fish. I didn't win against Derek. I won against myself as a person. I put my tactics and my knowledge to work against the fish and their tactics that, that, that they've learned over the years of, mm. of being called. So I, I look at it that way. Uh, I think they've, they've leveled the playing field. I think KBBT is going to be uh, a big part of the future of kayak bass fishing I because agree. they have leveled the playing field.
3: That's a very good point. Let me ask you this. Now, the the KBBT format that's going to be that's, uh, ever evolving right now, and uh, credit to Greg Nozer. I think Greg Nozar has done a good job of kind of like taking the criticism and finding a way to, you know, um, fixings, where, you know, now the naysayers can't, you know, can't say much. There's always going to be naysayers, always going to be haters, always going to be somebody that's going to criticize. But he has taken what I would say valid arguments um, and has now said, okay, this is your argument, or not you personally, but for the naysayers. Okay, this is your argument about it. It's honey holes, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to divide it. Now, um, moving forward this year, it's going to be National Quiet Fires, North, East, uh, West, South. Um, they have their own regions. So they're going to be fishing with uh, tournament anglers of their own region. Texas is going to have their own region. Florida is going to have their own region. So now nobody can say, well, I lost or so-and-so won because he's from Texas. Well, everybody that's fishing out of Texas, uh, every angler is fishing in Texas, is going to fish against a t- another Texas angler. So really... Whoever moves forward to the national is, if you're from Texas, guess what? You didn't beat somebody from upstate New York. You had to beat whoever you needed to beat. That's from Texas, that's fishing out of Texas. So you can't say, well, he has a home field advantage. No, we're all in Texas. Same thing with Florida. All those Florida anglers are going to take part in the new format for the KBBT are going to be, like yourself, fishing out of their quote-unquote, honey hole, but you are going to be from Florida fishing game, Florida anglers. So whoever moves so forward is because he's earned it, not because, again, quote-unquote, he beat somebody from Ohio that doesn't have that large population of big, really big, uh, largemouth um, that makes it honestly easier to move forward because now you're going against Florida anglers. So. If you do, it's because you're considered one of the best Florida anglers out there, assuming you move on to the national championship. Now, the national championship, according to Mark Coates, and I know with the whole COVID-19, that may change, and there's a lot of situations that are gonna may, might take place that might, might alternate, uh, change the plans. But the plan for now is um, I think the top eight or top 16, depending on the region uh, of each region, uh, that reach, and I, I'm sorry, I could explain this a lot better, but I, I'm i stepping over myself here. But each region is going to have their uh, qualifiers, right? And the top, either 16 or 8, uh, are going to go into national championship. And so it's going to, so, so it'll be with uh, Florida region and the Texas region. And the hope is to bring all those anglers, the top anglers from each region to a neutral lake I don't know how easy it is going to be to find a lake that no one from that reached the national qualifier hasn't fish, or it's close to the home lake. Some at the end of the day, somebody's gonna have some type of home field of advantage. If you're spreading it out through all the region, I mean, unless you move into Africa, everybody's going to Africa to fish in Africa. Somebody <laughs> is gonna have, you know, eventually some type of home field advantage, but at least we mitigate that argument by saying, okay, all those Florida anglers, all those Texas anglers that qualify, they're now going to go up against all those New York anglers and Ohio anglers are not going to be fishing their honey hole. Everybody's going to be fishing at a neutral lake one-on-one until one remains standing. What are your thoughts on that type of format? Hopefully, it'll go through again. This is all COVID-19 permitting, unfortunately.
2: You there, uh, Bobby?
3: I think
1: I lost you again. Oh, there we are. Now we're we we back. Okay, go
3: okay, ahead.
1: Uh, I, I, I got, I got what you said. Uh, I did hear all of it before the connection kind of went bad. Uh, I yeah.
3: like, I love the
1: idea. Uh, uh, you're, you're going to take a bracket tournament and you're going to work it down through the year to get it down to the final eight or 16, however they decide to do it. And then you're going to turn it into a live event and it's going to be one on one until, like you said, the last man standing. And I think it is a great idea because you're going to have Texas anglers. You're going to have Florida anglers. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to learn how to ledge fish. They're going to have to learn how to find those fish in those deeper waters. Uh, depending on what time of the year i think it's going to be what april next year uh so i don't know if the depending on where it's at or uh, you could be looking at pre-spawn you could be looking at spawn or even post-spawn uh depending on uh where, where it's gonna actually be fished at so you may be fishing off looking for those staged up fish that are sitting out on them ledges uh waiting for that water temperature to come up a little bit more before they start moving in so you're gonna to have to uh you got to, to do your homework uh you're gonna to have to uh uh, for me, as a Florida angler, you're gonna—I might gonna have to bring a, a lot of tactics. Growing up in Georgia and Alabama, uh, I, I, I've done my fair share of ledge fishing and stuff like that back in uh, back when I was growing up. Uh, haven't done it a lot since uh, because you, you, you don't—we don't have ledges in Florida. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of lakes deep enough to have a ledge. Uh, so you're gonna—you're gonna have to bring your A game for the national championship next year. Uh, uh, you're gonna have anglers that come down from North. Uh, we, we, we'll just use a, 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 a Jonathan Pepin uh, from uh, out of Michigan, or yeah. a Derek Brown, or uh, Derek Brundle, or a Magic Cone, where they fish. That's their normal fishing uh, that they do on a daily basis. Versus somebody from Texas who don't do a whole lot of uh, ledge fishing. Uh, we don't. We don't have thirty foot waters in Florida, uh, and if it is. The hole so small that there ain't no ledge to fish. Uh but so it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to see how it turns out because uh the, I think there's gonna be either eight or sixteen from Texas. Uh same thing coming out of Florida for the qualifiers. And then I think the national qualifier is going to bring 32. Uh so that should make up the 64 for the 64 round for the national championship next year. Uh so it's it's gonna be interesting and, and I like it because it's it's taking uh the online bracket event and turning it into a live event by the end of it. Uh yeah. so I, I, I like where it's going.
3: Yeah, I think that that, that that's a great idea. And again, it kind of like addresses some of the uh, criticism that was previously thrown that way from you know other tournament anglers or whatever it was but i i like the idea i think it's a great idea and again props to nosar um and all, all his team for coming up with that idea hopefully work out again we, we're living right now a situation where nothing's guaranteed uh for tomorrow it never is but especially now in the times we're living it seems that even more so that's been amplified the fact that nothing's guaranteed you know whatever plans you have for tomorrow you know they're they're, they're not set in stone no by no means and uh Hopefully things will be back to whatever the new normal is that it was that it's going to allow that tournament to take place. Now let me ask you this: I'm assuming you're taking part of that tournament, and hopefully uh, you're looking forward to qualifying for the national championship. Is that correct? Absolutely. So uh, what? Uh, what uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Start out. The
1: actual director for Florida region. Uh, me and uh, Sherman bishop so we are we are taking over it and getting trying to get the uh, get registration up get people uh, ready to fish that in September.
3: What would it mean for you making the you know getting into national uh, the nat- the national championship and putting on a good show and again, it's just because you don't win it um doesn't mean that you're not a good anchor. so more than anything, what did it mean for you to actually show the people out there, the naysayers, hey, you know, look at look at the numbers I put on a lake that's not in Florida and that is not my horny hole. What, what does it mean to you? And again, this is coming from a person that's a first responder, retired first responder. I've gone through a lot of stuff and we talked about it. You know, your wife is a cancer survivor and all that. So this really means literally squat compared to what you've got in your life. But. Having said that, what did it mean to you to be able to put a good show in and say, "Hey, you know what? Look at these numbers." I, I
1: I look at it this way: uh, by this time, that time, uh, by by April of next year, if I can go out and I can qualify and I can make it to the elite eight, or uh, and and go fish on that body of water, uh, I've showed uh, it, to myself that I have progressive as a fisherman i've improved the way i fish to be able to fish where i want to uh and as long as i continue to grow as a fisherman uh it's only going to get better uh i'm not one to, to settle for i'm not i'm not the i'm not that guy that's gonna say you know what? i catch giant fish on keenansville i ain't going to fish nowhere else that's that's not who bobby is I am one, I, I want to be able to go anywhere in the country uh, like the Russ Snyders, like the Cody Miltons, uh, the Derek Brundles, uh, the Jamie Broads, and go any lake, anywhere, figure it out, and, and catch big fish. Uh, so for me to achieve that, I've got to continue to progressively grow as an angler. And as long as I set that goal, I won't stop until I achieve that goal. But that's a goal that you can't uh, – you'll never achieve the actual goal because you're constantly moving that goal up and constantly growing as a yeah, name. Setting it would mean a lot to me. Uh, and yeah. it, it, if, if I have my way, I will be there next year.
3: Awesome. Yeah, we hope you do, man. We would love to hear more <laughs> – from you and see how you progress. I know this is kind of like uh, your rookie season as a tournament angler. Do you feel like a rookie? Uh, I,
1: and and the kayak portion of it, yes. Because, I mean, I still do make rookie mistakes yep. because I've never fished out of a kayak. But as far as fishing goes, absolutely not. I, I've been doing this since I was old enough to hold a, a stick with a string tied to the end of it because back in those days we didn't have a lot of money growing up my my dad was in vietnam uh when he got back uh he he was in so bad a shape that my mom ended up raising me and my sister uh so we we didn't have a whole lot growing up so uh a a, a piece of pine tree and a in a string on it with a, a a piece of dead wood for a bobber and a hook and worms that we dug up uh, on the bank or in the yard and go fishing yeah, you know what i that's something that'll be with me forever. Uh, That's things that I've passed down to my boys is my growing up in the outdoors is, as I grew up and it was, as it was passed down from my grandfather uh, from his, his dad, uh, my dad and and my family, those are things you can't replace. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's, that's what I'm, I'm pushing for in, in in my new uh, Facebook page and my Instagram is legacy bound outdoors is, is, is getting parents to pass that on to their kids. You know, take time out away from the telephone, take time out away from your computers, get in the outdoor and, and enjoy it. Uh, because, like you said, in this day and age, tomorrow's not a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I that's a it's a generational thing. If you don't pass it on to your kids, what are they gonna pass on to theirs when 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 they have kids?
3: That's very true. Tell me a little bit about Legacy Outdoors, because I noticed that on your social media. Tell us about Legacy Outdoors. What does it stand for? What does it mean? What's the, what's the story behind Legacy Outdoors?
1: Everybody wants to leave their mark, uh, no matter what it is you do. If you're in law enforcement, if you're a firefighter, if you're in the military, or if you're an electrician or a carpenter, everybody wants to leave their mark. They want to leave their legacy that they passed on to their kids. They want to leave on the legacy that was passed on to them from their 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 family, uh, from their father, from their grandfather, from their great grandfather. That's that's the legacy. That's that's things you pass down generation to generation to generation. And my 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 thoughts of watching the way things have gone is a lot of that's being lost. I mean, uh, today's babysitter is is a, is a telephone, a computer. Uh, video games uh, instead of saying you know everybody you know everybody go out and get in the truck or go get in the car. Let's go to Walmart. Let's go to Bass Pro Shop. Let's buy some fishing rods. Let's buy some tents. Let's go camping. Let's get back out and and, and enjoy social media as it was intended, where families sit and talk, families sit and share stories with each other, uh, families go out uh, and and sit on a bank and fish. Uh, one of my one of my sponsors is. It's called bank robbers, and that's that's their goal. They want they want to get people back out to enjoy the outdoors and step away from technology for for a while. And that's what Legacy Outdoors is about: uh, is is getting people to slow down a little bit. I mean, uh, life doesn't have to be nine hundred miles an hour. You can stop and enjoy it uh, because it yeah. goes by quick. I mean, I've I've got kids thirty two. 20 uh getting ready to turn 28 and 25 i mean it goes it goes quick i mean i'm 54 years old i was 23 weeks ago
2: uh,
1: yes. it's it, it's all about getting people to slow down and it, it, it's about getting the the parents to pass on that legacy that was passed on to them by their parents and by their grandparents uh and that's what it's about that's
3: awesome that's a very very important i think it. At- cannot understate the importance of just being able to enjoy the outdoors there is so much now uh, with technology that's available to this younger de- generations a lot of it is good a lot of it um it's uh, it's not good um and uh you when you you mentioned something you know your babysitter now it's your phone when you think about that i don't personally don't have kids i'd probably be scared if i had a kid knowing that the access that kids now have on their phone, and I think a lot, a lot of times that that's overlooked. You know, there, on your phone, there's there's a lot of good stuff. You know, that you can learn. You know, access to information. You know, whereas a kid it would be, you know, harder to, to, to learn as uh, uh, new things. At the end of the day, that kind of gives you more character. The adventure of just kind of like finding answers. Where now there's not really an adventure. Right? You just google it and you can find the answers but there's a lot more information that's useful for younger generations but there's a lot of vile information and things out there that kids yeah the kids have access to that if if as a parent if you're not responsible um you're not you know putting some type of restriction on it i mean when i mean i can go on and on but this kind of stuff that you have access on your phone when you give that to a 5 year old 10 year old you know it's it's something you really have to be careful um and fortunately Absolutely. there is people like you and organizations kind of like the one you're building on legacy bound outdoors to try to put that in the forefront and put in the conscience of those people that have kids or nephews or grandsons that you know it there is technology has its place and it has a lot of benefits but if it's handled responsibly And you can't, you know, like like I mentioned at the beginning of this this episode, you know, makes the world smaller. Just being able to be right here in Texas, talk, see you and talk to you in Florida, which 20 years from now will be impossible other than on the phone. But I wouldn't be able to see you. And, you know, we couldn't text (laughs) each other. But at the same time, you have to look at what's around you. You know, back then when you kids, you wanted to have fun, you go outside and be with nature. Now it's uh, can have fun on on sitting on the sofa on your bed just playing games. So again, a lot of responsibility comes with all this power and knowledge. And I think having, uh, again, people like you, organizations like the one you're trying to build and other ones out there to encourage the younger generations, don't forget about what's in front of you, nature, being able to go fishing. I mean, there's nothing like kayak fishing in, in in my mind. I grew up in Puerto Rico. I grew up surfing great experience. I love it. It's my passion. Kayak fishing is another level. Um, Just be able to be with nature and, you know, that calming effect it can have and that able to detach yourself from a lot of stuff that we go through on a daily basis. So, Mr. Moore, before I let you go, anybody that you want to thank, family members, companies that are sponsoring you, any shout outs, feel free to do. You can have as much time as you want.
4: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Okay, I, I guess the, the 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 first, and most important, would be my wife Meg. Uh, she is standing beside me through this this the uh, the beginning of this adventure, uh, uh, and she is she is actually sat in the truck at the boat ramp for three and a half. Four hours while i'm out fishing because we were traveling uh i'd like to uh, thank trc covers uh they make a phenomenal product uh they custom make uh rod covers for you uh you can have your own stuff put on it uh your own uh uh emblems uh so they make they make a great product american-made product uh vector hooks uh if you're looking for sharp hooks, uh, and you're looking for hooks that don't rust, and you're looking for hooks that actually have a warranty on them, uh, definitely check out Vector Hooks. Uh, Bizbaits—they uh, make—they—they uh, they, they make the plastics that I use. I, lo- I use a lot of crawls with my, my with my Chatterbait, my Jackhammer. So uh, they make a phenomenal product. I've gone out and had I don't know four or five fish off of one plastic. And still be able to fish with it. So they make a phenomenal product. Uh, Wicked weights. Uh, I do a lot of punching as well. I'm getting back into that in my fishing. So uh, Wicked weights makes uh, some phenomenal tungsten weights. Uh, they actually have uh, some some new things that are coming out. Uh, I love their skipping weight. It's a it's a it real thin. Have you seen that?
3: Yeah, uh, I so, saw Brian right. Latimer, on a video once, and I started using the really good—I'm sorry, I interrupted you, go ahead.
1: No, that's quite all right. Uh, so, uh, Grey Goat Lures, if you're one of those uh, guys that love to throw spinnerbaits, uh, get a hold of Al over at Grey Goat Lures. Uh, he custom makes uh, all spinnerbaits to order. So, uh, you tell him what you want, he'll design, it, he'll design it on camera with you to get exactly what you want. And Very he'll cool. make you as many as you want. So I love, I, I love his products. I use his products. Uh, bank robbers. Uh, uh, they're, they're, it's not, a, it's not something to do with kayaks per se. It's about getting the family out. It's about getting back out to the basics, uh, starting that building blocks of the family again. Getting out, enjoying the outdoors, taking the the, the time to enjoy life. Uh, so uh, they're one of my sponsors as well. Uh, shout outs. Uh, I just uh, received uh, four of my Trinity custom rods, and if you want a a, a, a rod that is phenomenally built, uh, I've got all four of mine are, are different. i got two frog rods. Uh, I've got one that's actually custom made. Uh, it's a pink rod. It's wrapped in pink. Uh, the eyes are wrapped in pink, and it has my wife and 07 on the rod itself.
3: That's uh, very cool.
1: But Matt Frenchist and uh, uh, Turner Williams do a phenomenal job on their rods. Uh, so definitely look look them guys up. Uh, catch boards. Uh, I, I I've got a couple of them now. I've got the uh, American flag version, uh, the Patriot version, and then I've got the the gunmetal. And you, you you can't beat it. Uh, they don't rust, uh, and and if they do. Catchboard board stands behind it. They'll send you, if it starts rusting or flaking, they'll send you a new one. They stand behind their product. It's an American-made product. Uh, motor glide, or excuse me, motor guide uh, is the troller motor I use on my boat. Uh, I use Lorance as far as my fish finder goes, so a big shout-out to them as well. Uh, Yak attack, uh, my boat is fully outfitted with just about anything Yak attack puts out. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Westbrook Supply with uh, Scott Butcher and uh, Fletch. I met them guys yesterday. A phenomenal little shop they have, uh, and the knowledge that they bring to the table when you walk in. If you knew nothing about kayak fishing and nothing about bass, bass fishing, when you walk out, you're gonna have knowledge with you. Uh, so a great place and great guys over there at uh, Westbrook Supply Company.
3: Awesome. Mr. Bobby, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Moore, thank you so much uh, for joining us in our podcast. It's been an honor and a pleasure you to have you. I've I've never I didn't think I was gonna enjoy it this much. I hadn't had a chance to meet you uh, before this podcast. So I didn't know, you know, how it's gonna be, but it has been an, an honest to goodness uh, pleasure and honor to have you on my podcast. I really thank you. I've truly enjoyed our conversations. I look forward to what you're doing, you know, in the tournament scene. I hope that you, you know, go as far as you can with this and uh, you know, and see you know, what you can do, uh, outside of Florida, if you get the opportunity, uh, thank you to your wife, you know, for allowing us a little time, you know, to you and I to talk, I'm sure, uh, she must rather have your company than (laughs) right now, but, um, I'm glad everything worked out, um, and that you're, you know, a stronger man for it. And, uh, and thank you for sharing all the knowledge and the experience you go to. I hope somebody that's out there listening to this podcast gets the same, uh, the same thing you got when you heard Scott B- um, Drake Brundle on the Scott Beach Way podcast. podcast. That, that's my best hope for this podcast. You know, somebody gets touched by your story and helps them go through whatever they're going through. So thank you again for taking the time to share that. And uh, we wish you the best moving forward, but that's Mr. Moore. Thank you so much. All right, sir. You have a great day, and I appreciate you having me
1: on. And it was an absolute ple- uh, pleasure uh, talking with you as well. I hope we get to do this again
3: definitely definitely will thank you so much
2: yes sir and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping and hiking needs. PRC covers, protect your investment, catch products, shout out to catch products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the paddle in fin logo directly on your catchboard. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.
4: Every once in a while, it's fun to go with like just full blown redneck on these fish.
2: This is like high tech
4: cane pole fishing right
0: here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama city beach has to offer during chase in the sun. Sundays at 9.30 AM Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.
2: I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.